It's day 16 of our Sheltering in the Psalms, and tonight we look at Psalms 76 through 80. And remember the last time we saw David's last prayer, and we were told in the text that the Psalms of David are ended. And so what does a nation or a group do as they face massive change? What's a nation to do is they face all kinds of upheaval. I tell you what they do. They seek some sort of transcendence to ground them. In the case of our Psalms tonight, the hope portrayed is the same hope at the beginning of the Psalter, God's salvation through a Messiah. And so let's look at Psalm 76. Psalm 76 begins focusing on God's judgment. Look at what it says in verse 7. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is roused? From heavens, you, from the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of the earth. And so verse 11 through 12 further tells us that this God is to be feared. Make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all around them bring gifts to him who is to be feared, who cuts off the spirits of princes, who is to be feared by the kings of the earth. And so then we move from Psalm 76 to Psalm 77. And in Psalm 77, we're assured right away that God hears. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. And so in the midst of all of this difficulty, this psalmist is resolved to meditate on God's salvation. So he chooses to meditate on God's salvation as it has been demonstrated in the past and past reflection gives him present hope. Look at what he says here. I will remember the deeds of the Lord in verse 11. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. And so that theme of God's action in the past that secures his hope in the present is going to guide him into the next Psalm, Psalm 78 for our consideration this evening. Psalm 78, it's interesting as we encounter it, it's a rather long psalm, but Psalm 78, it it doesn't begin where we'd think that it might begin. With recalling God's mighty deeds, we think that it may begin in creation perhaps, or maybe with Abraham. But it doesn't begin with creation, it doesn't begin with Abraham, instead it begins at Sinai. Look at verse 5, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. When he commands our fathers to teach their children, there's the Deuteronomy reference, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to your children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. But pay attention to the purpose of the law according to this psalm. 
The purpose of the law, according to this psalm, is, verse 6, to know God, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell it to their children, so that they, verse 7, should set their hope in God. And as the history is further revealed, we see that Israel has a heart issue. Look at what happens here. It says that God was faithful, yet, in verse 17, they sinned still more against Him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that the water gushed out and streamed overflowed. Can He also give bread or provide meat for His people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. Verse 23, Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. And then we have this in verse 20 or verse 30. Before they had satisfied their craving, while food was still in their mouth, the anger of God rose against them. And he killed the strongest of them, and laid low the young men of Israel. And then verse 32, In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. Let me stop right there for just a minute. You know, oftentimes we think, as we're looking backwards upon these events, we think, man, if I was there, if I could have just seen the Red Sea being split, if I could have just seen the, the fire from heaven, then I would believe. There's no guarantee that you would believe because here in verse 32, in spite of all this, even though they saw his wonders, they did not believe. Why? Verse 37, their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. And then look at the grace in verse 38. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity, and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not store up his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. And so the problem that Israel's having is a heart problem. So in other words, they don't need another command to obey or a command not to obey. They need their heart to be steadfast toward him, according to verse 37. In other words, they have a heart issue, and they need salvation. Salvation is going to come, look at this, salvation is going to come through a Messiah. Look at verse 67 through 72. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heaven like the earth which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfold, from following the nursing ooze, and brought him to shepherding Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Now, look at 79. I want you to just notice this very quickly. Psalm 79, How long, O Lord, verse 5, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like a fire? Verse 9, Help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of your name. Deliver us and atone for our sins. For your name's sake, 
But, verse 13, we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Did you see what just happened in 79? The how long is assured by God's justice as well as God's steadfast love. Now let's go into Psalm 80 because we're going to find treasures in Psalm 80. Psalm 80, we are asking the question, when will God's promises come? But more than just when will God's promise come, we're also asking how they will come. Look at verse 1. Here's a clue. Verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Verse 2, Stir up your might, come to save us. Now look at this repeated line. It's repeated in 3, it's repeated in 7, and it's repeated in 19. Restore us, O God, let your face shine, that we may be saved. And so the hope of restoration comes from verse 17. Look at this. Let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man who you have made strong for yourself, or better translation perhaps is whom you have raised up. Then we shall not turn back from you. Give us life and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord, God of hosts, let your face shine that we might be saved. Now that reference there in verse 17, the hope of restoration is going to come, according to verse 17, from a man, a son of man, whom God will raise up. That's a reference there to Daniel chapter 7. So here's the point that we have tonight. David may be, uh, may be gone. Jerusalem may be destroyed. The people scattered. But the promise of God remains. He will give us life when we call upon His name. This life is a life that originates not in us, but is on account of His steadfast love.